I'm trying to balance my time. Like not all time is create, created equal. And are you doing things that are fulfilling with your children versus just trying to create time all the time? Welcome to the Big Ask Podcast. Where no ask is ever too big. I'm Tara Renzi. And I'm Brooke Run. We are on a mission to give women confidence to rise and be bold, ask for what they desire, and be who they came to be. But if you want all that, you're going to have to put a little ask into it. We know that all asks come in different shapes and sizes, but the bigger the ask, the bigger the win. Welcome to the Big Ask Podcast. Welcome to the Big Ask Podcast. I am Tara Renzi. And I am Brooke Run. And we have the podcasts of all podcasts today where we're all about the mamas, the moms, the mothers. This, I, we, I am so excited about this podcast. We have so many questions, Tara, and there's some really good ones here. And I cannot wait to honor moms because... As moms, we know we are carrying so many different roles. We're doing so many different things and we need to give ourselves grace. And I cannot wait to dive into these questions. It is. So for our listeners who don't know what, what's up on today's episode, this is our Mother's Day episode where we have asked our followership to throw us questions that we have as moms, as you know, women, once we've bared children and brought children into the world, it comes with a lot of questions. Unanswered. There's not a handbook that you get when you deliver the baby. No, there isn't. Like children do not come with a manual. And I will tell you, having two of my own, they're very, very different. So I'm having to navigate motherhood with two very different personalities. So, yeah. yeah. Well, so you've we, got a boy and a girl. So yes. how old are your kids? Tell our viewers. So Maverick is seven and Eliana is 10. And they are very different personalities. Ellie is like the sweet. She listens. She's... Um, kind of a people pleaser a little bit. And then you got Maverick who fits his name to a T. He is a stinker. He's ornery. He's a little lover, just a handful. So we have two different personalities. <laughs> I love that. And I have two boys. They're 21 months apart. I have middle schoolers now. In fact, I can't believe that I'm going to be the mom of only teenagers in like a month because Jack turns 13 in June and Ben turns 15 in September. That's so wild. And you know what's funny is you posted a story just recently of Jack and he looked like a little man. Like I could not believe it. Like in the picture, just how much he's so drastically changed. I was like, oh my gosh, who is this kid? He is like truly just grown up. And both of your boys are just so super sweet. I mean, they are just incredible. But can you believe how big Jack is looking? No, they look so big. Well, Ben's yeah. six foot one. Jack yeah. is like as tall as me. And it does seem like they grow up overnight. You know, I mean, people say, they say, oh, cherish the moments and all this, but it is true. Like, you know, someone asks, you know, the question they say, if you could go back in time and spend it with anyone, who would it be? And for the longest time, it was my grandmother. And then it was my father. And now that I have kids that are teenagers, I would go back and spend a day with them when they were three and five or two and four or one and three. Like I want one day of that back. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I'm the same way. Like right now, I just want to keep my babies because they are so young and, you know, we have more control, right? Like we control what they can watch. We control what they can eat, like all these different things right now. And I just want to keep them in a bubble. I want to keep them in this safe place where I know that, you know, they're being influenced by certain things and stuff like that versus as they get older, like your kids are like, you really have to, as parents, guide and teach your kids so they know how to navigate the world that we're currently living in. Would you agree? Yes, and it changes all the time. Like, that's the other thing about parenting is right when you think you got it figured out, change occurs. Yes. Yep. Yeah. We never really have it figured out, right? We never do this life, no. you know? <laughs> you know, a funny story how you were saying that uh, motherhood doesn't come with a manual. I remember yeah. when we brought Ben, my oldest son, home, and you know, we had him in his little carrier. And, um, I come in and I had had a C-section. So I, you know, Scott was doing all the heavy lifting literally. And I like come in and get set up on the couch and he puts Ben down in the carrier and we both just stare at him. <laughs> and I was like, Scott goes, what do we do? Like, do we leave him in there? Like, do we get him out? I'm like, I think we should just leave him in there. I mean, he's sleeping. Yeah. And then Scott's like, do you think I could go to the grocery store? <laughs> do you think I could just leave you here with him? And it was like this, this, we still talk about this moment of when we were just like staring at this baby. Yeah. And we were like, holy shit, we brought a child into the world. And it's there's a human. Like, yeah, there's a human. we able to keep a plant alive. Pray yeah. for us. Same. I can't even kick a cactus alive. I mean, you know how hard it is to kill a cactus? And here I am, like somebody's trusting me with like a human being. I remember that exact moment actually with Ellie when we put her in the car seat and I'm looking at her like, I'm supposed to keep her alive. Like I'm supposed to know how to breastfeed, right? Which I'm like, you know, supposed to learn that in 48 hours. I'm supposed to change her diaper. Like I'm supposed to keep this human breathing, right? And living. And I can't even keep cactus alive. I know. It's wild. And that, and that trip home from the hospital after you have your first newborn, it's yeah. the scariest damn ride of your life. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm like sitting yeah. in the back seat because I like want to make sure she's still breathing, right? We're a new mom. I'm sitting in the back seat. <laughs> just staring at her, like every little move, you know? It's and they're wild. just so beautiful uh, and sweet yes. and their breath and their little toes and, and everything. And the diapers uh, are so small. They're so like, little. They're I know. And then you got the umbilical cord and you got to like figure out how to change them and keep that clean. I mean, that was weird. being a mom for the first time, and we've got some new mom questions in here, you know, it's rough because you're trying to navigate like what the hell just happened to your body? Right. And then you're trying to navigate your relationship with your husband, you know, or your wife. And then you're trying to navigate, like keeping this human alive. It's just as a new mom for the first time, it was, it was crazy. I mean, it was crazy. It is. And you know, it's a lot for dads too. And I think yes. that sometimes, you know, we forget about that, but okay, let's go all the way back and let's talk about, cause one of the questions that I got, and this is from like a first time mom, she's pregnant. She hasn't had the baby yet. And she said, do we find out the sex of the baby? And this is like one of the first main questions that you're asking yourself. Did yes. you find out the gender? I did with both. We actually did a, it's funny. This is another thing that's funny too. And I don't, you know, when you have like more than one child, the one child, the first kid gets like everything, right? So like we did the gender reveal with Ellie. Like we planned it. I had a cake made. I didn't know what it was. I gave the envelope to the cake lady. She made it. We cut into it. It's pink. You know, that's how we found out. For Maverick, we didn't do anything like that. But yeah, we found out with both because I'm a planner and I wanted to make sure how to do the nursery, you know, all that kind of stuff. So yeah. how about you? Did you find out? We did not find out with either. We did not. You did it? 
surprises the hell out of everyone. They are like, you did not find out. And we didn't find out. I, you know, my mom didn't find out. And she told me, she was like, I will just tell you this. This is all she said. She said, it's one of life's last great surprises. Yeah. And I mean, I think you're surprised, you know, if you find out before or after, but it was kind of magical carrying this baby for nine months and not knowing. So we did a Burberry nursery. Oh, cute. So that's like, if you're, if you're one of those moms who doesn't know, we did Burberry. And if it was a boy, I was going to put fire trucks in it and like planes and trucks. And then if it was a girl, we were going to do like red flowers or ladybugs or something like that. Oh, how cute. That is darling Burberry. Yeah. You know, that really surprises me about you, especially Scott. Because Scott's a little bit more kind of a type A. He's kind of like Nick like that. I feel like he needs to kind of know those kind of things. But it really surprises me you guys didn't find out. I love that. Yeah. And, you know, we had the girls' names picked out and the boys' names. Uh Um, It was – but I think you have to do what's right for you. Yeah. But, like, that moment of, like, delivery, and it's like, it's a – Yeah. I had had an emergency C-section, so I couldn't see. Yeah. You know? And he comes over and he kisses me and he said, we have a son. Oh, you're going to make me cry. Yeah. And I was like, you have a son? And he's like, we have a son. He's beautiful. He's perfect. And I was like, we have a son. (laughs) That's magical. That's so amazing. Yeah. I think you have to do what works best for you. I think either way is absolutely beautiful. You know, I think, you know, if you're one of those moms that has to know, it's okay. And if you're like one of more of a surprise and, and find out, you know, has the, as a baby comes out, I think that's okay too. A hundred percent. Yeah. And you know what you do get, like, people are like, how did you plan? I mean, we just had a bunch of white stuff and, you know, yeah. beige stuff and diapers. And we actually, I will say the nice thing of not finding out was that we got all of the necessities at our showers because yeah. people weren't tempted to be like, oh, I'm going to buy pink dresses and shoes yeah. and all, you know, so yeah. we just got like everything that we needed. That's a really good point. See, for Ellie, we had tons of outfits, lots of pink, stuff like that. So, yeah, that's a really good point. I wanted no. that so bad as a boy oh mom. <clears throat> Little boys got cute stuff, too, now. Oh, they did. If you're a boy mom, I recommend we did Bowdoin USA clothes, and they are just, like, held up, super great, rough and tough, and so yeah. cute. Yeah, so cute. Oh, Okay, well, we could talk about babies forever, but we've got, you know, bigger fish to fry with older kids, with toddlers. We do. I will yeah. say that babies are their own, like, they have a lot of questions. You have a lot of yeah. questions with them, but there's a lot of books on how to take care of a baby. And there is. Yeah. Once you just start parenting, it gets, it gets <sighs> more challenging. You know, it is. And it, parenting at every stage so far, like, you think, <laughs> like, when we're in the weeds of toddlerhood, right? And both of our kids are little it's rough. I mean, there's, you know, disconnect, I feel from spouse, there's all kinds of things and ways to navigate it. And I think the biggest thing is just to give yourself so much grace and then guiding your kids as they get older, like seven and 10, it's different issues now, different things. Every stage is so different. So, yeah. You know, I say always just focus on love and let love guide you as a parent. And we are all different. Your spouse will want to parent different than you parent. And um, each child, I feel like, needs to be parented differently as well. I mean, we have two, like you said, two very different kids. Yeah. And so I think that we have to we have to parent them differently. So here's a here's a question for you. Okay. One of the questions we got. Speaking of, because you have you have a boy and a girl, and so one of the questions was, when do you stop having sleepovers when you have a son and a daughter? 
So this is a great question. And this is something that Nick and I've actually discussed. Now, my kids, they're still pretty young. Maverick's never had a sleepover. Ellie has only spent the night over at one friend's house. And, um, you know, we've had a couple of her friends spend the night over here. But we've always made the rule that we will not allow Ellie to spend the night with older brothers. Like if one of her friends has an older brother of any age, really, then it works. they have to spend the night over here. Um, just to protect her and stuff like that. Obviously, you know, we trust the parents and all the things, but it's just our rules. The way we've navigated this, um, you know, I don't know what the age we will stop just because we're not there yet. You know, we're only seven and 10, but I think as they get probably a little bit older, maybe teenage years, I think that we'll take, you know, have to reevaluate and look at that. So right now I'm not hundred percent sure, you know, I, yeah. I don't know, but you know, we do, we have that one rule where she's not allowed to spend the night if there's like older brothers. That's so. smart. That's yeah. smart. And again, I think, you know, the the underlying thing you're going to hear with all this is you have to do what's right for you. I right. honestly, when my kids were little, I just, we didn't do sleepovers. I didn't, yeah. I didn't really like sleepovers. Yeah. Um, I think Ben had his first sleepover maybe I, I remember it was like third or fourth grade. And I was like, what did we do? It was just, you know, it's just a lot. Like as a parent, you don't sleep well. And now um, Ben has a really tight group of friends, but we know all their parents really well. So we right. allow sleepovers. And I love, I actually am always like, let, let everybody sleep over here. That's how we are. Um, yeah. But only because I know the parents very well. Like I would never let my kid go sleep over at someone's house if I did not know what was going on in that house where they lived, both of the parents, the siblings, all of that. 100%. Absolutely. You have to really, I think, get to know the family. Like for us, for that one place that Ellie has gone and spent the night, we fully trust those parents. Now, if, you know, we're going to have play dates or whatever, we typically have them at our house just because that's what we feel more comfortable with. Um, but, you know, as they get older, we're going to have to figure out how to navigate that. You know, I mean, I will tell you that Nick and I are a little bit, we are protective parents. I mean, we're not, like you said, we're not going to just allow our kids to go to people's houses without really, truly knowing the house, the dynamic, what's going on in the environment, all those things. Because we have yeah. to, we have to protect our kids. You know, I think Agreed. that's really important. So. Agreed. Okay. Should we go to number two? Yeah. Okay. As a single mom to three beautiful teenage daughters, I struggle at times trying to balance my time between each of them. And then to make things more interesting for myself dating. I'm a people pleaser and want everyone I love to feel my love and support but then I push when I need for myself to the side. Any suggestions? I mean, this is, I think this is a classic. This sounds like a single mom. Yeah, single mom of three daughters. So I grew up in a divorced family and Same. we actually got several questions about divorced family. You did too? Yep. Yep. Yeah. And so, you know, I will say that you have to, first off, talking directly to the mom, like you have to make yourself a priority. You have to make time for yourself and your children want you to. And sometimes I think we get into that victim mode of like, I, you know, I'm a single mom. I actually um, did a keynote once and this lady came up to me afterwards and she said, no one's ever brought up this concept of assumed constraints where we tell ourselves lies over and over and over. And she said, and I've told myself that I can't do so many things my whole adulthood because I've been a single mom. I can't, you know, I can't go out because I'm a single mom. I can't do this because I'm a single mom. I can't, you know, if I was married, I could do that. She said, I'm going to stop today because I, I know that I'm limiting myself and it's actually harming my children as well. So to the single mom, I would first off say, make time for yourself, whether you have to hire babysitters, whatever, like it's, it's okay to hire babysitters. I want every mom to know that too. Like find sitters you trust and, yeah. and bring them and let them watch your children. Like yeah. it is it's a safe, so 
important thing, whether you're single or married. Yeah. And it's healthy for the, for the parents and the mom and the dad to have the time away. And it's healthy for the kids too, to have time away from their parents as well. So hire the sitter. (laughs) Hire the sitter for sure. And then, you know, I think in everything that we measure time by time and not all time is created equal. And so I think it's really about being present and being mindful of, you know, when you do have time with your children, like for me, the time in the car every day of driving my kids to and from school, you know, we have a, a no phone policy and we talk and what sometimes, you know, I'm just asking a lot of questions, but we use that to connect and have fun or we listen to music or, or whatever it might be. And so I think that you have to say, you know, I'm trying to balance my time. Like not all time is create, created equal. And are you doing things that are fulfilling with your children versus just trying to create time all the time? Yeah. What we do, Nick and I, is that once a month, we each take the kids out solo, like by themselves. So like we get dressed up and we, I will take Maverick. And so he'll actually say he's taking me on a date. You know, Maverick will say that. And so Maverick and I will have a mommy date and then Nick and Ellie will have like a daughter daddy date. And then we switch the next month. So that way we do get that one-on-one time, you know, with the kids individually just to like talk to them and hang out and so on. But then also I get a lot of time with both kids because we have sports. And so there are times where, you know, it's just Maverick and I, and when I tuck them in at night, I'm like, I really enjoyed, I got, you know, spend time with you by ourselves today. And then I do the same thing for Ellie when Maverick's at sports. So I think it's just taking the time, even it's just like five minutes of you sitting on the couch with one and the other two are doing something else and just, giving them that one-on-one attention, even just for a few minutes. It doesn't have to be like, you know, what we do, which is a night out. It can be the five minutes of just giving them the eye contact and that one-on-one attention, you know, let them know they are special, you know? Um, And I will say it's easier to carve individual time when they're little, the older they get, the more sports they have and everything. So one, again, the car is your friend. I mean, we spend so much time in the car driving to sporting events, make that time fulfilling, make it useful, be present. And then the other thing I will tell you is bring back family dinner. Even if you have to carve out 10 or 15 minutes to sit down and eat, I feel, you know, that was one of the things that the pandemic really brought to my attention was how sacred the family time is. And, you know, we were all forced to be together for two months where we didn't leave our house and we had all these dinners and all this time together. And that is one thing that we've really kept alive. And we've actually done like a green chef or a home chef or, you know, the, the things where you get the meal in the box. So it forces us to cook. And then we all sit down together. And it's been a really great way to keep our family connected. And we even have got the boys involved in cooking and helping, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah. And we do too, like for like the, we do family nights on the weekends. And so like, we'll play games, order pizza in and all connect as a family too. So, you know, with the mom and the three beautiful girls, the teenage girls, like have a family night in, right. Order pizza and sit around the table and, and, and figure out like a fun game for them to play. And, you know, really build that connection with all of you, you know, all of you together. So I do, it's funny, like when you're during that quarantine time, you're thinking, oh my gosh, what the heck is going on? This is crazy. But then there are parts of me at times where I really missed it. Oh my you God. I, I think I would, I mean, I don't obviously don't want to live through the uncertainty yeah. of the pandemic. No, again, no, 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 but, no. Um, hey, the other tip I was going to give to that mom is she's got three daughters, like start doing is like, hey, once a week, each of you gets to plan our 
our girl time together. Yeah. So that way everybody, you know, one of them might be sporty spice. One of them might <laughs> like to shop. One of them might like to go out to eat. But if they each get to plan it, it's going to also make it more inclusive for the girls versus, well, mom wants to do this and we're doing this for mom. Instead, it gives them each some ownership and it'll make it fun and interesting. And I think just create some cool dynamics. Yeah, definitely. And and then what the, the third part of the question was about the mom dating, right? And so like, for me, I was just talking to somebody about this, about, you know, just working, right? And what fulfills me. And for me, like, if you, if you feel like you need to go on dates, if you feel like you want a relationship, do it. Hire the sitters, you know, go on the dates and do the things. Like if you do things that fulfill you, or if you feel like you need that, need a relationship or you desire a relationship, that makes you a better like mom ultimately, right? Like, don't you feel that Tara when you, you, when you do things that really you enjoy and that you want to do, it just makes you better in all your roles. A hundred percent. Yeah. We, so do you it. Know, when mom is happy, everybody's happy. That's right. So go on the dates. Hire the sitters. <laughs> I think I'm going to skip down a couple of questions. There's okay. no way. We were going to have to do a two-part series. Yeah. And I love that. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask you this one because you've just been through um, some big emotions. Um, when is it okay to be emotional in front of your kids about grief, about loss or death? When to stay strong and when it's okay to be vulnerable? I love this question. You know, for me, like I just lost my dad to, you know, suicide about four months ago, five months ago now. And I told my kids that my father passed away. I showed my emotion. I want, I, I allowed them to see my pain and to see me hurting um, because I think that's important because I want them to understand that mommy has emotions, number one, and that I am strong enough to hold my emotions, you know, and to allow them to see that. And I think it's important for them to see adults, especially their parents to go through all different sorts of emotions, you know, like, and I just actually explained to my daughter just recently that my dad took his own life, you know, she's 10 years mm -hmm. old. I mean, I was educating her on what that is, what suicide is. And so, you know, and there are times where I cry in the car because I hear a song that comes on and I allow them to see that. And I tell them, I'm just, I'm sad. I miss my dad. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sad. I think it's okay to tell and show your kids your emotions and also walk them through and navigate it with them, you know, right. And, and put words to the emotions, especially as they're younger because it just helps them understand that it's okay to feel this way. It's okay to go through these things and you're going to be okay. And, you know, and I don't know, like my kids, it's, a, it's brought a deeper connection between me and my kids because they've been able to hug me and, you know, be there for me as their mom and, and see that side of me. So I think it's important. Yeah. To share. yeah. I think so too. I mean, I, you know, we're only human and it's important that our children see emotions. Yeah. Um, you know, I lost my dad. It's been seven years ago and sometimes things will come on and I'll get a tear and the boys will look at me and I'll be like, oh my gosh, like I can't, you know, I'll let them know I'm sad and we'll kind of giggle almost about it, you know, because they see this emotion and we have this, um, we did this thing in our house where if you're feeling anything out of the ordinary, you have to name your emotion so that you put it out into the, into the house, into the universe, wherever it is. So, Hey, I'm really sad today. I just want to let you know, yeah. you know, I I've got this grief wave that I'm dealing with or, Hey, I'm really um, vulnerable today or I'm irritable or 
I'm tired or whatever it is. And whenever you announce your emotions, it, it creates a space for them, for everyone else around. Because I do, I do think there's one red flag here and that it's not fair to put your emotions on your kids. <laughs> and it's, it's not their cross to bear your emotions. And, um, to, you know, if you need therapy, go get therapy. Do not make right. your children, your therapist, no. do not take your emotions out on your children. And, you know, even a lot of times if I am sad or whatever, I will say like, Hey, you know, I'm just really sad. I miss grandpa. And then I'll say, um, you know, do you remember? And I'll try to bring up a fun memory. And then I will let the kids know, like you always just, you know, you always make me happy. Say something to make me laugh. Or we, you know, we, we just giggle and have fun versus like, I need, I need help. I'm yeah. so sad, you know, and like expecting them to yeah. be my like counselor, like that's right. not fair to your children. Right. I agree with that. Totally. I mean, I think that, you know, to show your kids emotions and like you said, we name the emotion, but I also want my kids to know I'm strong enough to hold my emotion. Yes. You know, like I don't need you to take care of me. I don't need you to um, help me. I just need you to just here's how I'm feeling. I'm, I'm big enough to hold it, but this is what I, this is, I am sad today. You know, I, I do, yeah. I miss my dad. And with the kids too, like I, when they are frustrated, they're angry, they're mad, they're happy. I help them with their emotions. Like I say to them, I understand you're angry. I understand your frustration. I validate them, you know, when it comes to emotion, I think that's really important for, you know, us to help navigate that with the kids too. Right. The other part of it is, is I think it's really important for you to show your children emotions that you're going through because we can't be happy all the time. Like that's not reality, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that if mommy or daddy is sad and we let them know that it makes it okay for them to be sad sometimes too, you know, like, and to navigate yeah. different emotions. So, yeah. And I think like, I love what you said of like, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be angry. It's not okay to put that your emotion on other people. That's right. So we have to give, we have to hold space for people's emotions. And I think it creates this ability for our children to feel human and normal and to go through whatever it is they're feeling versus a trying to hide it or mask it, b right. lashing out or, or also pulling back in. Um, right. And so uh, yeah, we name, name the emotion. It's kind of fun, actually, especially now that the boys are older when I'm like, I am so irritable today. They're like, so you don't want me to scratch on this really scratchy? <laughs> you know, it's like, they, it kind of gets to be funny. And I'm like, no, I really would not recommend you doing that. Exactly. And we kind of laugh about it a little bit, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I, like, I am irritable. Stop this. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we just put our house in the market. And so there's been moments of stress here, you know, and I've said to Ellie, I'm like, because like, you know, the house has to be perfect. We have a dog we have to have. I mean, like all these things, right? When we're listing this house and it's being shown constantly and it's like, it can be stressful. And so I've told them, you know, listen, I'm stressed, but I want to let you know that this will go away. Like this will pass, you know? And then, you know, sorry if I might've seemed not as friendly. And I've even said that too. And I think it's okay to apologize to your kids. I think that's yes. really important. You I've know? been that person that has said, hey, you know what? I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't yeah. have said that. I Same. apologize. I'm yep. only human, but I want you to know I recognize that that was wrong. And yep. I'm sorry. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so. they appreciate that. So it makes us human to them too. So, yeah. okay. Are we ready for the next one? Yeah. Okay. How to connect with a preteen girl or boy. What if we are connected about some of her friends being influences, not in the best way? That's tough. I'd love to know this to you because, you know. So if you are not a fan or have never heard of um, Jim Fay Love and Logic, it is a parenting um, 
I, do, I swear by the love and logic. So there's a there's love and logic for early childhood development. Uh, it's a purple, a light purple heart or soft back cover book. It has a lady on the phone, like with crazy kids. And we use the love and logic method when our children were young. And I started reading a lot of the love and logic for, um, for teenagers. And essentially that is what you do. You always love them, but you ask them logical questions and you ask them, you know, like, so let's say, um, we'll, we'll say the friend's name's Beth. And well, and so you just ask them like, Hey, so I see you've been hanging out with Beth. Like, tell me about that. What do you like about that? Oh, really? So what, what, why, like, why is she your friend? Uh-huh. And really get them thinking about stuff like this, because a lot of times they just haven't had the questions. And then you can even bring up, like, maybe you love Jane and you're like, well, you know, I, every time I see you with Jane, I feel like you two are just like really connected. Tell uh-huh. me about Jane. And so you get them thinking about their, their relationships and kids are smart enough to draw lines of knowing yeah, maybe this isn't the best person to be hanging out with. Yeah. But if you tell them, I don't want you hanging out with them, a lot of kids are going to be so defiant. Uh huh. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's really important too, <laughs> is to like, like we've talked to Ellie and Maverick because they're young about what, what, how, what do you want in a friend? You know, like what, what characteristics or what, um, th- you know, what do you want in a friend? Like, do you want them to be kind? Do you, you know, my kids are a little bit younger. So like teenagers, it's, it's going to be different to navigate, but how do you want to be treated and how do you treat friends? And, you know, what is a good connection for you? Like we ask all these questions, like you said, just keep asking and keeping them talking. And I think at some point they do realize, okay, this person isn't being nice to me or this probably is somebody I probably shouldn't hang out with. I mean, I think they probably begin to navigate on their own and realize it. So, well, and I think that, you know, one of the things that I've taught my kids since they were little is perception is reality and other people's perceptions are reality. So if there was a kid at school who was always in trouble, you know, I would say like, Hey, I, I really appreciate that you're being, that you're friends with Bobby. I think it's really nice that, you know, that you're reaching out to him as a friend, but I want you to know that, you know, Oh, I'm curious, like how is Bobby viewed? by the teachers, you know, yeah. Bobby's the one who's always in trouble. I just, and I'm like, Hey, I just want you to know that the more time you spend with Bobby, the more you're going to be associated with that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's on, that's on you. Like if you think you can handle it and even as like young, you know, elementary school kids that we would have these conversations and it just created enough of a, like a light bulb in their head yeah. that they would be like, versus saying like, do not hang out with him. Do not go near him do, versus it was their decision and their right. choice and their logical mind that said, yeah, I don't really, this isn't like my best friend and I don't want to be associated with that yeah. or they, they see things differently. Yeah. And I think by doing that too, it really empowers the, mm-hmm. empowers the kiddos, right? To like trust themselves, to be able to make decisions that they feel is right for them. Versus taking the power from them and saying, don't hang out with them. Like we're empowering them to make the decision and be like, okay, I trust myself. Like this was a good decision, you know? Right. So I think putting Ultimately, it back. That's what we, we want as a parent. Yes. Raise your children to be kind and to make good decisions. That's right. <laughs> that's really yes. it. Yeah. Because they're going to be in situations where they don't make the right decision. Things go wrong. They're going to yeah. learn from it and then correct. Yeah. And, you know. Absolutely. Someone told me once, little kids, little problems, big kids, big problems. Yeah. And I would agree because problems are getting bigger as we get older. So they are. Okay. This is a fun shift from parenting. Okay. And we got this from several people. How do you keep your marriage spicy? How do you keep it alive with the spouse once Uh, kids are born? Because 
No one tells you this. Kids will test your marriage. There's, they are so hard on a marriage, especially under the age of five. Yeah, no, they really, really are. And what's funny is, is that Nick and I didn't have a long time of being together before we actually got pregnant with Ellie. So we didn't have like the many years of bonding. So, you know, it was tough to navigate when you're having two little kids in the mix. Now the kids are older, so things are a little bit easier. But what we've always done is we have always prioritized time together. So at night, the kids, they would go to bed and then we would have that time where him and I would talk for like a good like 30, 45 minutes, give each other our one-on-one -on -one attention. And then we would like watch a show together or just, you know, hang out. But we always have done <laughs> or that too, you know, or we've always prioritized date nights. I mean, we yes. have always done date nights and Nick and I are really good about taking vacations together as well. Like him and I, we have always taken like a weekend, a staycation and made each other priority because I think it's really important to have that solid foundation in your marriage because you're right. I mean, kids are going to test it. They are. That's just inevitable. And yeah. as they get older, they're going to try to test it in different ways. So yeah. I think make you have to make it spicy. You have to make it fun. You have to make time. Again, this goes back to higher babysitters. I mean, we've had, I look back at all the different babysitters that we had. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's neighborhood girls. I know there's really, I have some friends who have used some of the babysitter apps. Yeah, we have where, to. That are really, really great resources. Um, you know, and these young girls who just want to babysit. And I will say that we had, as boys, we found one babysitter who was a boy. He was the brother of a babysitter we used forever. And my, he was like one of the best babysitters we ever had. Um, so hire babysitters, date night. I do think vacations are important. Even if you can yes. do a staycation for a day or two days, yeah. um, that time together, because especially when their kids are little, like you're going to spend the first day stressing, thinking, oh, are they okay? Are they? And then you get like a day into it and you're like, oh, everything's fine at home. Wow, we're really good together. Uh -huh. like, we have so much fun together and you know, you kind of fall back into that love rhythm of just the yeah. two of you. And it's really special. When our kids were little, we did more longer vacations. And now with the kids being older, they're so busy with their schedules that, you know, now we're kind of like, Hey, can we sneak off for a weekend? So, you know, we did, we actually, last year we did two trips. We did Florida for five days for our anniversary. Then we did Nashville and we just booked, you'll be proud of me. We just booked two nights in Vegas this Yay. month. Yeah, that's your guys' favorite yeah. thing is Vegas. Yeah. yeah. Go to Vegas and, and, hey, have and then keep it center. Send, you know, send little texts. You have to make time for it. Oh, yeah. You have to schedule it. Um, I mean, we even, I remember like when our kids were little, we even got some like fun books, you know, that have like, did you ever get those where you like scratch something off? Wow, wow. And keep it fun. Like nothing yeah. is. You are a married couple yeah. that are in love. Like, it's do your thing. Like, yeah. keep it spicy. Have yeah. fun. And I always, too, I always make Nick a priority. Like, I always try to do, like, the little extra thing. Like, my husband's love language is food. Like, he just loves food. And so, like, I'll make um, these little snacks and these little treats. And he, for him, it's, like, acts of service. Like, he just loves it. He's like, oh, she loves me. Right? So, I think it's really just... In the mix of everything else you have going on, just make sure to make your husband or your wife a priority. I think it's really important. So, yeah, great question. Okay, I think we have time for, like, one more question. We'll have to do, like, a part two here. Okay. Okay. Let me see. Okay. 
Oh, this is good. What age do you allow social media and how do you monitor it? So we, you know, we were really slow adapters to iPhones and iPads and all that. In fact, my kids didn't grow up. They didn't have iPads until they were, I want to say like over the age of five. Like we just, I mean, now granted that was 14 years ago (laughs) and was born. So, um, you know, the iPhone, I think was kind of just coming out then and, so, you know, we had our own, it was then it was like, how much TV do you let them watch and all that? And I think that as a parent, you know, you use your common sense, like, you know, what's right and you know, what's wrong. I, I think it's okay to say, Hey, I've got to get some work done. I'm going to put you on an iPad for an hour so I can be dedicated to this. So I think, you know, having specific times that you allow them on technology or iPads or whatever. As far as social media goes, I mean, I think there's a couple different schools of thought. I have some friends who they don't allow their kids on social media. Um, that is their parenting choice. And I think that for them, it works. And just so you know, their kids are fine. They're, they're great. They're great kids. For me, I'm on social media so much that I want to teach my kids how to use social media responsibly. So we didn't allow our kids to get on social media until seventh grade. And they had all their accounts have to be private. So, you know, they can't have um, people following them. Um, Their accounts, if they like um, anything they post has to be like sports related. We have rules like you cannot post other people on your stories. Um, There's just a lot of and that's a bit just, you know, it's something that we're always talking about. We're looking at their social. We're seeing who's following them, you know, who they've allowed to follow them, who they're following. Because. Unfortunately, and I think it is unfortunate that this is part of their life and it's a huge part of their life. And it's also how so many kids communicate. I mean, they all snap and, you know, they have all these ways of that they're communicating with each other. So for me, I want to make sure that they have etiquette, that they are being polite, that they're being respectful, that they understand what is okay to post and what they shouldn't be posting because their brains don't work quite right, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I think, I think like what you said in the very beginning, I think as parents, you have to decide what works best for you. You know, I think you, you know, your child best. And so you know, what's going to work the best. Right. And the reality is, is that this whole social media world is new to everybody. I mean, it is when it, especially when it comes to your own children, you know, for us, we don't do iPads, you know, we won't do phones for a while and we probably won't do social media for a while. But I think what, I love what Tara said is, is when we do allow the social media to come into play, you have to teach your kids how to be responsible. And I think you also have to check your child's mindset. I think that social media can either become very unhealthy for some kids. They may not be able to handle social media just because there is the comparison and all these different things that happen on social media. So you just have to navigate that world with your type of child's personality you know, and teach them that, listen, this is the highlight reel. This is what everybody posts that is amazing and great in their lives. You don't see what's going on behind the scenes. They're dealing with the same stuff we're dealing with. So I think if you just have open and honest conversations and really monitor the social media, I think it might be, you know, an okay thing. I do, you know, it's kind of like driving a car. Like you don't just, you're not just like, oh, here's a car. Uh See ya. They go through driver's ed. You teach them all about this. You have all kinds of safety conversations. You're in the car with them. I mean, I think they have to get, I don't know, 150 hours of drive time that you're supposed to be in the car with. It's 50, I think. Scott says, whatever Tara says, divide by two. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's 50 hours. Yeah, yeah. 
where you're in the car with them, right? You're, you're, you're monitoring before you would ever let them drive by themselves. That's right. And I think so much of it is the same with social media. I mean, this is something that you have to parent. That's right. And I love what Brooke said about, and it's going to be different for each child. And I think it's also very different for girls versus boys. And if you yeah. look at what's happened with um, suicide rates with mental health amongst young girls, it has yeah. skyrocketed high, um, double the rate of boys because of social media, because of what people are posting. I feel like they get trapped in it. There's no screen time. There's no parenting. There's no one talking to them. Right. And they live in this world that doesn't even exist. Yeah. And yeah. so I feel like, you know, your children better than anyone. And this is another one of those things where you are the parent. That's right. And you have to always do what's right for your child. That's right. And what's right for your friend's child might not be right for your child. And that's okay. That's right. And I want to add to this, like something that I think is really important, like, especially with what's going on in society today is that, you know, I am not the perfect parent by any stretch of the imagination. Like I've made mistakes. I go to, I go to bed with guilt. Like I've even told Nick just recently to not today was not a good mom day for me. But the one thing that I'm very consistent in when it comes with my kids, and I think even with like iPads and phones and social media moving forward is that I'm not my kid's friend right now. Like my kids, I am the parent and I am here to guide and protect them. And so I have to do what's best for them. And sometimes it's not going to always be something that they love. It's not going to, it's going to hurt their feelings at times. You know, like we are not here to be their friends. We're here to be their parents. Friendship can come later in life, you know, and that's what, how I try to parent. And like with social media is there's got to be rules. There's got to be regular, you got to monitor and pay attention because it can be unhealthy, you know, and you have to check your kid's mindset and just really pay attention to the mental, mental health on it and, you know, follow your gut and listen to the intuition. So, yeah, I agree. Um, I always say I run a tight ship over That's, here. But yeah. We have a lot of fun. It's kind of yeah. a party boat, but it is a tight ship. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you got to have fun being a parent and just laugh at yourself sometimes and laugh with your kids. I mean, I remember there's a couple of times where I've been upset with my kids and they'll make a funny face and we'll just start cracking up. Like, you know, and I'm like, I don't even know. You know, you just start your just, just to be totally real, I yeah. tell Scott, I'm like, it's usually about, I'm a pretty even kill person. Yeah. I don't, I'm not like a screamer or, yeah. you know, and one time I was talking like this and Ben's like, why are you yelling? I'm like, I'm not yelling. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm just talking fast and stern. Yeah. And, um, but about twice a year, ever since the kids were little, I was like, yeah, about twice a year, I lose my shit. Uh -huh. And it is one of those times where I am like, I'll, I'll be like, just kind of out of my mind, like going off, saying yeah and screaming yeah. and the boys are just they're just staring at me yeah. and then i'll like pause and i'll and one of them will be like they'll get like the wide eyes i'll be like oh my god yeah. you guys wow yeah yeah and yeah. i think that's okay it's okay yeah, yeah we're human you're, you're allowed to lose your shit every night. that's right you are allowed to lose your shit and that is completely okay and it's completely human and the biggest thing is you've got to give yourself grace as a mom. I mean, you know, the, the mom guilt, it is really a real thing, but the kids, they love you and they're resilient. <laughs> Tomorrow is a new day, you know, yes. and we're all doing the best that we can. And so even if you have a bad mom day or a bad mom moment, the next moment can be great and the next day can be great. So, yeah. and they, they could care less, you know, they love you regardless. So. See, that's the other thing. Your kids love you. Uh, Your kids love you and don't yes. ever forget that. Yeah. My little boy made me the cutest little Mother's Day. This is Maverick. Oh. It's got like a little poem and everything. Kid, like my mom's favorite drink is. 
No, it actually says that she's fun and helpful and loves to snuggle. You know, oh, so cute. I know, I know. So they love you, regardless. They love you. They do. They do. Yeah. Ben says all the time. He's like, Mom, if the keynote thing author doesn't work out, you need to start a restaurant because yeah. you are such a great cook. I mean, even to this day, like I'll make something. He's like, you need to put this on the menu. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I like, know. I don't really know what this grilled cheese <laughs> is worthy of the, the best damn grilled cheese. Yeah, Mom made it with yeah. love. Exactly. Okay, so I think we're going to have to have a round two, but should we talk about, like, why we asked for these questions, T? Like, yeah. what's going on? So we, well, again, we want to shower the moms with love. Yes. And Brooke and I have found the uh, the Fountain of Youth in Kansas City, which is Vitruvian Health, KC. And they offer all kinds of just incredible treatments for body, face, uh, they do all kinds of stuff. I mean, I'm getting gut health done through them. Yeah. And one of the things they offer is a salt facial. And one of the things they offer are uh, injections and Botox. And so Brooke and I went to them and we said, hey, would you guys want to partner with us for Mother's Day? And they said, yeah. And yeah. we were like, okay. And they ended up putting this package together that is like $1,300. And so this was our way of communicating and talking with moms. And then we were going to announce the winner on Mother's Day, on our, yeah. on our uh, Instagram page, the Big yeah. Ask podcast. Yeah, we just asked the big question and Vitruvian, they just delivered. And it's just, this package is amazing. We really, as moms, we should pamper ourselves. We should take moments to take baths and go get our nails done and take care of whatever that might be for you. It's okay to take time for yourself and do these things. And so I am so excited to partner with Vitruvian on this. I mean, they are amazing. I actually went by there today because they're going to do some blood work and they do so many different things like regenerative medicine, wellness, aesthetics, their injectors yeah. incredible. And I've been getting B12 shots from there and have noticed just a great difference in my energy. And I mean, Ben had an acne treatment done there okay. and they're really going to be opening up the doors to be doing even more stuff. Yes. Yes. And I think we're, are we going to get Dr. Brown on? I think we're going to get Dr. Brown on. So that's going to be like the part two. So we're going to do part two. We'll answer more of these questions, I think. And then we're going to interview Dr. Brown and ask all the crazy questions you've always wanted to ask a doctor, but you're like afraid to, right? So we're oh going to be God. Crazy, crazy. Wait. We got to get, we got to get really good questions. Yeah. And he is so amazing. He's so funny and he's just a really good doctor. I mean, oh, he's, he's just, he is. Yeah, he's a really personable and really cares about his patients. So I'm yeah. excited. These questions will be, he'll probably be blushing, I'm sure. Like, you know. Oh my gosh. he It's yeah. going to be so funny. Yeah. And hopefully yeah. you'll make Brooke and I blush too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. So head to our page, The Big Ass Podcast. Enter. We're going to be picking the winner on Mother's Day. On Mother's Day. Are yeah. you doing anything fun for Mother's Day, Brooke? You know, typically Ma or Maverick, typically Nick um, surprises me. Like we'll go to brunch and we'll do like something else. So I don't know. We've got a house in the market. Um, he needs to go to the lake. We've got a lot going on. So I'm not sure. What about you? What do you got going on? Uh, we're going to go to church. And then yes. my mom and I are going to go see Fiddler on the Roof. We have season tickets to Casey on Broadway, off Broadway, whatever it is, Broadway KC. And then I told the boys, I said, all I want for Mother's Day is for you to get the backyard in order, get the patio furniture out, clean out the three seasons room, go plant some flowers, honeydews. I honeydews. love it. I think that's what they're called. They need to get that backyard ready so we can do our big ass podcast by the pool. We do need to do a big ass podcast by the pool. 
<laughs> that would be fun. With we drinks do. in hand. It's Cinco de Mayo. We haven't even said happy Cinco de Mayo. Have you had a margarita? I know. Happy Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> so awesome. much going on. All right. Well, we cannot thank you enough for tuning in to the Big Ask podcast, where we know that no ask is ever too big. Or ever too small. So keep asking those big, big questions. Thank you so much. Bye. <laughs>